0: Genesis chapter number 50 this morning, the book of Genesis, uh, first chapter, our first book of the Bible, last chapter of the first book, Genesis chapter number 50. And we look forward to seeing what the Lord has for us this morning. And I will say this morning, I believe this is a very uh, important topic that I'm preaching on. Uh, The Lord put this topic uh, on my mind this week, and the more I prayed on it and uh, thought about it, he then brought me to this passage of Scripture. There are many in the Bible uh, that we could have turned to, uh, but this is something that I believe uh, would solve a lot of problems in our homes, it would solve a lot of problems uh, amongst relationships, and I believe if God's people uh, could get a hold uh, of what I'm going to preach this morning, I believe we could have revival in our nation. And uh, so I want us to look at Genesis chapter number 50, and we'll begin reading in verse number 15. Genesis chapter number 50, beginning with verse number 15. And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us, and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. In case you don't know the story of Joseph and his brothers, uh, Joseph. Uh, was, a, was a man, a young man, a child that had been blessed by God. Uh, he was a favorite of his father, uh, Joseph, in the uh, multicolored code, and uh, that was a symbol of his father's uh, favor on him. And the brothers, uh, who were jealous and envious, and they weren't quite as, as, as good-hearted uh, of an individual as Joseph was. They conspired against him to kill him. Uh, and instead of killing him, they took him and they had put him in a pit and they conspired what they were going to do with him. They sold him into slavery. Then went back and told uh, their father that a wild animal had killed him. And Joseph was sold into slavery. And uh, along the way, Joseph was uh, falsely accused, thrown into prison. And uh, through all of that, God elevated him in the second in command uh, of all of Egypt. God used Joseph to preserve his people. There was a great famine in the land, and uh, Jacob uh, sent his sons to go get some grain, and when they got there, lo and behold, they did not know, but they were asking of Joseph, their brother, uh, to sell them some grain. And uh, through all that, Joseph revealed himself. Uh, There was uh, restored relationships. And now we come to the part where we see that, uh, that Joseph... And his brothers, their father, is dead. And look at verse 16. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, Forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him his brethren also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God. But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now therefore, fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. I want you to notice a couple of things in our text this morning before we uh, have a word of prayer but I, I want to draw your attention to uh, a couple of times where uh, they reminded said now Joseph listen to what dad said now we're really concerned about what dad said now that dad is gone uh, he look at verse 17 so shall you say unto Joseph forgive I want you to notice verse number 19 as Joseph's response is responds to them, for am I in the place of God? I'm going to preach on a subject this morning that ought to hit home with all of us. It's something that we all have to do. We're commanded to do it. It's the right thing to do. I'm going to speak on the subject of forgiveness. But I want to draw your attention to verse 19 and do not miss what Joseph says here. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? We as Christians, we get worked up many times when society puts someone or something in the place of God. There's a lot of Christians who do that. And this morning, I want to use our text to preach on the blasphemy of unforgiveness, the blasphemy of unforgiveness. Father, I pray that you would use this message this morning to do a work in our hearts. Father, may the Spirit of God work into the recesses of our mind and into our heart, and if there is unforgiveness there, may it be dealt with today. Father, no doubt in the world we live in, in a, world of imperfection and fallen man. The day is going to come, maybe even today, that we need to offer our forgiveness. May we take this subject seriously. May we let the Lord, may we let your spirit do a work in our heart. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. What a powerful statement we see Joseph making in verse 19. For am I in the place of God. What is Joseph saying? Joseph is saying, it matters not your fear. It matters not what I want. When it comes to the matter of forgiveness, am I in the place of God? See, unforgiveness is more serious than we realize. Often we would look at a Christian, I'll just use some obvious examples this morning, and they would say, boy, it is, it is a shame, it is wrong uh, that that Christian who's living in, in, a, in, 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 the, in the life, in the sewer of alcoholism, that's a life of sin that they should not live in. I say amen to that. See, a Christian who would give himself to illicit drugs and maybe get into this world of pornography and all these things that are obvious to us and are wicked and evil and say, They are living a life of sin, and I would say amen to that. But I would also say there are as many, if not more, Christians who are living in the sin of unforgiveness than these wicked things that we would take such a strong stand against. See, when somebody does an offense against me or does an offense against you, and if I am not willing to forgive them, it is my own sin that must be dealt with, not theirs. Too many times we do not offer a, a heart of forgiveness as we should, and we carry around with us the, the unforgiveness towards another individual, and the unforgiveness of, of somebody else, and we will, always, we will always remind others and remind ourselves of, look what they did, and Look what they said, and God's got to deal with them. But friend, the sin that you and I must live with our deal with is not the sin of somebody else. It's the sin of unforgiveness in our own heart. Because see, when we refuse to forgive, we are placing ourselves in the stead of God. Did you hear what I just said? When we refuse to forgive, we are taking God off of His throne and we are putting ourselves in His stead. At the very least, we are putting ourselves on the same plane as God. Joseph responds in verse number 19 and says, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? What he's saying is, I know who God is. I know what I am. I know how much I need the forgiveness of God. Fear not, I'm not God. It's not for me to decide whether or not you're worthy of forgiveness. It is but for me to just forgive as I am commanded to forgive. He says in verse 21 again, Fear ye not. What is he saying to his brothers in light of what his brothers did? Let me remind you. What his brothers did is a great offense. What his brothers did is not something that could have been or should have been swept under the rug, but it was still Joseph's responsibility to forgive them. And What was he saying to them? Fear not. You do not need to be in fear of vengeance. The little trite saying we say sometimes in jest, I don't get mad; I get even. Should be nowhere from the life of a should be nowhere near the life of a Christian. And friend, I'm afraid that sometimes we look at un, the sin of unforgiveness as something that's not quite as bad. But I will say, homes, more homes have been destroyed by the, the sin of unforgiveness than alcohol the sin of unforgiveness, then you just named the sin because the sin of unforgiveness leads to so many other sins in our life and those sins in our heart that we place ourselves in the place of God. We're talking this morning of the blasphemy of unforgiveness. It is wicked to be unforgiving. It is blasphemy to look at a situation and say, Well, I I I know I know what I'm supposed to do. I, I know what God did, I know what God has done, but Pastor, if you knew what they did, you mean sold you into slavery? You mean put you in a situation to sever every relationship that you have? So that you can spin your best years in a prison, in a foreign land. Nobody is going to sugarcoat what these men did. But Joseph had the responsibility, I'm to forgive. Because am I in the place of God? Before I get into the outline this morning, think about that individual that you have not forgiven. It's the one that just came to your mind. Now think about the excuses that you use. of Why you should not forgive. I understand there are some offenses that are harder to forgive than others. But when you and I refuse to grant forgiveness, well, when they come ask for it, that's not what the Bible teaches. We're to grant it. Well, that's not an easy thing to do. Probably not. But when we refuse to forgive It is a blasphemous action against God because we're saying, God, you're not in control. This is one situation where I know as much as you do. I think anytime we get to this place where it's hard to forgive, we need to remind ourselves that we are not in the place of God. We are not in the stead of God. I don't understand why God did this situation. You may never understand, but I understand that when it comes to the Almighty God, He is on His throne. I have to deal with what takes place in this world. And if if there's a wrong done to me, I'm just supposed to forgive. I'm just supposed to offer that forgiveness. There's a lot of unhappy Christians today. Don't miss this. You blame your unhappiness on the actions of somebody else. And your unhappiness comes from the own unforgiveness in your heart. There's a lot of miserable Christians today who will look at this woke society and say, quit playing the victim. And yet you need to go home, you need to look in the mirror, and you need to tell yourself the same thing. Because the Christian who understands forgiveness... By the way, which is undeserved, which we're unworthy of, but yet God freely gives through His Son, we understand forgiveness, and who are we to put ourselves in the place of God and say, this offense should be forgiven, but I cannot forgive this offense. This person can be forgiven, but that person cannot be. I'm afraid many times we're guilty of the blasphemy of unforgiveness, Let me give us some things to think on this morning, and I trust that we'll allow God to work in our heart. Let me say number one. Unforgiveness is to ignore the grace and work of God. I'm starting with verse number 20 in this truth this morning because I know the reaction of many. But as for you, verse 20, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Pastor, you don't understand what what I had to go through. I don't. I'm not minimizing it. All I'm saying, God's on his throne. And God can take evil and make it good. What Joseph's brothers did to him was evil. There's no excuse for it. It cannot be justified. It cannot be explained. It was evil. But God used the evil heart, the evil intentions of other individuals. And he took that which was evil, which man could make no good of, which man could do nothing with. And he took that evil and he used it in the life of Joseph to do something good. He used it to preserve his own people. He used it to continue His plan and His work and and the things that He had promised that He would do. And friend, the same is true in your life and mine. And let me just say it again, unforgiveness is to ignore the grace and work of God. Whatever somebody has done to you, whatever offense has been made, the grace of God can get you through it. The grace of God can help you overcome it. The grace of God, a matter of fact, the, the last thing, the last step of victory in your life might be you giving the forgiveness that you ought to give in your heart. God, unforgiveness is to ignore the grace and work of God. God, look at that verse again. I want you to really see what the Bible says. But as for you, ye thought evil against me. David reminds them. But God meant it unto good. That does not mean God initiated the evil. But God has given man a free will. And sadly, many times man will use that free will to do evil. But God is so good that he'll take the evil that's been done to you and I. And he'll use it for good. See, Pastor, that's, I, I see that and I understand that in the life of Joseph, but that's his life. That's not my life. I know because you're special, right? You, you have special circumstances. And again, I'm not minimizing an offense, a wrong that has been done to anyone. But the experiences of your life has made you who you are. It's allowed you to meet the people who you've met. And while you have things in, on this side because of maybe an offense, there are things that God has done in your life to make you strong in some other areas. That, that regardless, God uses it for good. See, say, well, Pastor, I'm having a hard time understanding how God can use something I went through or this offense or this wedge in my family to do it unto good. Well, you just got to let God do it. I like reading Genesis 50 and verse 20. It's a wonderful verse. It's a wonderful reminder. But there's a lot of years that went by before this statement is made. And maybe God used this for good because Joseph did grant forgiveness. I'm afraid there's many times Christians will go to their grave and they'll never see the good that God could have done with the evil because they did not have the same heart as Joseph had. We must surrender those things to the Lord. He can take it, and that which was meant for evil, He can use it for good. Unforgiveness is to ignore the grace and work of God. Uh, by the way, you and I have made offenses as well. Number statement number two: unforgiveness holds the offense against the offender. Verse 18. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we be thy servants. The actions of his brothers, you think back, if you know the story to when his brothers found out that this one that they're trying to to buy these uh, supplies from is Joseph. They were no longer worried about the price of grain. They are worried for their own lives. And when Joseph wept bitterly, as the scripture said, and Joseph was just happy to see them, is my father Jacob alive? How many nights, how many t- days must the son have come up and he wonders, is my father alive? The son said, Is my father alive? He gave a great feast for his brothers, he provided for his brothers. We see the actions of his brothers in the fear of their life. And now they fear their life once again. And as they remind Joseph what their father said, they send a messenger. In verse 17, they plead, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin. For they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, Forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. Then in verse eighteen, as we read, and the brethren also went and fell down before his face. They're feeling the weight of their guilt, but well, they should feel it. That's not the wrong. That's not, that is the wrong attitude to have. You know, guilt's a heavy burden to bear. They come and they offer their guilt. They acknowledge, "We did this evil unto thee." Unforgiveness holds the offense. Against the offender, we be thy servant. There is nothing wrong with his brothers showing their humility in offering themselves as as servants. However, Joseph did not require it. We, We don't find Joseph's actions being like the average Christian, I'm afraid. You send them, that would have been a messenger going to them and saying, If you would be my servant, if you'll pay penance unto me, if you'll continually acknowledge your wrongdoing, then I might accept you as a servant. No, his brothers acknowledged their evil, they acknowledged their wrongdoing, they offered themselves as servants. And quite frankly, when we make an offense, we ought to approach the situation with humility. There is nothing wrong with that. But Joseph didn't accept it. He didn't require it. Let me, let me ask you a very pointed question this morning, Christian. How long are you going to hold that offense over the offender? There, there's too many Christians that are walking around with Unforgiveness. I just don't think I can there's some things that can't be forgiven without the help of the Lord but forgiveness must be giving what Joseph did not have was the you owe me attitude Well, they, they hurt my feelings they, they, they owe me uh, number three Look at me at verse number 17 again. So shall you say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. Okay, this one's going to hurt a little bit for those that are saying, well, that's good for everybody else, but you don't know what I've been through. The magnitude of the offense has no bearing on whether we should Forgive. There is evil in this world, and sadly, this world does evil against us. There are evil people in this world, and they do evil things. But the magnitude of the offense has no bearing on whether we should forgive. They acknowledged they did evil. But David had already forgiven them. I'm sorry, Joseph had already forgiven them. There's a lot of Christians today that I'm afraid are are carrying around the burden of unforgiveness. Let me remind you the text verse this morning. Am I in the place of God? Nowhere in this Bible will you find that God, God says, Well, there are certain things that you should not act like a Christian about. Now, as we look this morning in our Sunday school lesson about the mighty God, and I spent a few minutes talking about how Jesus, through His power of salvation, can get you through anything. Even forgiving. Well, Pastor, I just, I just, I just don't think it. And this is why we, we, we have a hard time on subjects like this, and we shouldn't. We as Christians throw out excuses all the time. Well, it's okay for that that person to forgive, but you don't know what I've been through. Let me just tell you, no matter what you've been through, there's somebody else more than likely in this same building who's been through it, if not worse, and they can give forgiveness and they can grant forgiveness. And by the help of God, not just treat themselves like a victim and say, I'm going to give forgiveness. The magnitude of the offense has no bearing on whether we should forgive. Now, I would dare say Joseph's brothers faced the consequences of their actions. But one consequence was not Joseph holding it against them. You know, I said this at the beginning, and I'll just say it again here, and we'll move to the last point this morning. And it be a little shorter message today, because I don't know if we could stand a long message on forgiveness. When an offense is done to me, God will hold that individual accountable to that offense. I am not going to have to give an account for what they did. I may have to live with consequences, but I'm not going to give an account. If I don't forgive, now I have to give an account of my sin it is a sin to not forgive it is a sin to hold unforgiveness in your heart it is a sin well i just can't forgive have you tried have you followed the teaching of the word of god how to forgive have you asked the lord to help you because if it's something you really want to do, you'll pray about it, you, you'll fast over it, you'll, you'll put things into place and say, I really want to get help with this. But many times we harbor that unforgiveness in our heart. But let me say the magnitude of the offense has no bearing on whether we shall forgive. If you'll allow me to use a personal illustration. Some time back, there was several individuals who did their best to try and Destroy me, destroy this church. About three years ago, I got a—I got contacted. Would you meet us as a couple? Would you meet us? And it was at a restaurant, so I gladly accepted. Somebody who'd done me a, a great offense against me. I met them, and they proceeded to tell me they were sorry. And ask for forgiveness. Say, Pastor, what did you do? I tell him, you're already forgiven. I'm not trying to sound super spiritual because forgiveness is one of the hardest things to do in the life of a Christian. But I knew what I did not want to be, no matter what is done to me, I knew I did not want to be one of those bitter Christians. Who's always blaming everybody else for their own bitter backslidden heart. And it's something that had to become a priority in my own life because God holds me accountable for that. Not in one way, not in one way am I going to be held accountable for what somebody else does. But I will be held accountable for what I hold in my heart towards that individual. Well, it must not have been a big thing. It's a big thing. At the end of the conversation, the conversation says, is there anything else that, that you would like us to do? And I said, no. You do whatever you feel God wants you to do. But I'm not going to hold this over your head. Statement number four. This ought to help us this morning if we're not helped already. Forgiveness is revealed in the character and graciousness of the forgiver verse 19 our text in Joseph said unto them, fear not for I am, in, am I in the place of God but as for you you thought evil against me but God meant it unto good to bring us to pass to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive now therefore fear ye not verse 21 I will nourish you and your little ones and he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. Certainly the Lord knew what I would face in my life as he did with yours. But I've often wondered, as a child, I've loved the Bible character Joseph. Outside of the Lord Jesus Christ, he's always been probably my favorite Bible character. Oh, but when you look at Joseph's response, that's a fairly high standard. For you and I to live by. He didn't just say, you're forgiven. Jerk. What did he do? He revealed his true character. You knew what our true characters revealed? Well, if you knew what they did to me. Or He said it first. That's when our true character is revealed. You know the true character of our Lord? He answered them not a word. It revealed, forgiveness is revealed in the character and graciousness of the forgiven. Well, I've forgiven them, but they better never come around me again. Well, they... There might be some circumstances, but they shouldn't come around. But we got to be able to, re- it ought to reveal grace in our life. I'm afraid. Often we do. We do what the liberals do. We do what those in, in, in the media do. What they're talking about. They take some. We take some extreme situation and we apply it all the way across the board of why I should not let somebody who who took my seat in church anywhere around me. Or, or this one was whispering over here about this one. Say, well, bless God, I'm just never going back to that church again. You're in the wrong as much or more so than the person making the offense. Because no matter what the offense, we are supposed to grant the forgiveness. Because when I go to my prayer closet... I don't want there to be unforgiveness in my heart. And the truth of the matter is, this morning, if you have unforgiveness in your heart, any time you try and get something from God and God deals with you, He is going to deal with that unforgiveness. It reveals the character and gracious. Watch this, watch this. This is wonderful. Now, therefore, fear... Now, He he reminds them, verse 19... I'm not going to put myself in the place of God. What is he saying? All of this has transpired in my life, God was involved in all of that. He used all of that. Why are you offering yourself as a servant? I'm not going to put myself in the place of God. In verse number 20, as we've already seen, he reminds them that you meant it for evil, yes. But God meant it unto good. Now that we've got that established in verse number 21, now therefore fear ye not. What does he say when he says, Fear ye not? He says, There's going to be no retribution. Well, it's a waste of time and energy to, to dream up all the ways that you can get even. Or you can give revenge. You know, if somebody that you go to church with said something or did something that you didn't like, you know, back in like 1999. And when somebody new comes into church, you've got to warn them. Let me tell you, what they did in 1999 is not the problem, you're the problem. Because unforgiveness. There should be, he said, don't fear retribution. What else did he say? I will nourish you and your little ones. Will you say, I'll do good to you as God has enabled me. Joseph went from the pit to the palace, from the prison to the palace. Now, God, in doing that, enabled him to do good unto those who had done him evil. It's a pretty high standard, isn't it? For those who have done us wrong, to do them good as, they, that as you are able? So, Pastor, I'm not able to do them good. Well, as you are able, you know, what can I... Well, he, he says, I'm going to take care of you. Joseph was a wealthy man. I'll take care of you. I'll take care of your kids. You'll eat at my table. That, that's putting action to his forgiveness. You say, Whew, I'm off the hook. I can barely feed my own family. I don't have to feed anybody else. I, there's nothing I can do. Didn't you hear what pastor said? As you are able. I can't do any of that. Can you pray for them? Are you praying for those who've done the greatest offense to you? I think it'd be a very revealing thing if we start over here and I said, bring me your prayer list. Where are the names of those who have wronged you? Again, I, 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 I say this only to, because to, to, we know each other. I say this only to illustrate that God can do a work in your own heart. I have a list of people I pray for every day. I have, I have, I have a list of those who are unsaved. I have a list of the prodigals who are waiting for the Lord I pray for. And I have a list of those who have declared themselves to be my enemies. Lest you think I'm trying to be super spiritual, let me tell you, it is hard to do that. I, there's times I find every excuse in the world of not to pray for them. But again, am I in the stead of God? I don't want to be better. As he had an opportunity, he said, I'll nourish you and your little ones. Then look at verse 21. And he comforted them. I just need somebody to make me feel better about what happened. Well, there is the great comforter. And there's nothing wrong with needing comfort, we've all been there. But the greatest way to find comfort is to give comfort. And he comforted them. He downplayed the effects. He overlooked the, all the consequences. Somebody wants to get right, and certainly there's accountability for them needing to get right. And you can't truly be right with somebody else until... You want to give accountability, take accountability for what you've done. I want you to understand, I, I, I'm not looking at it from that, 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 that angle this, this morning. That goes without saying. I'm looking at it from the angle of the one who has been offended as Joseph. And if somebody wants to make that right, and it, whether they, they've come and said, I want to check all these boxes, I have to give forgiveness in my heart. Notice this, and this is where we as Christians have a hard time and he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. I've got one word written next to that phrase and spake kindly. Restoration. I wonder when they were young and little boys, I'm certain they fought. As a matter of fact, you think you had brothers that gave you a hard time I think Joseph wins the prize on that one. But he spoke, they don't deserve it. I'm not commanded to restore relationships with those that deserve it. He granted restoration. Let me just help us as a church this morning. If there's somebody that you've had to give forgiveness to that you, you go to church with, you should be speaking kindly to them. You should be speaking kindly about them. When he, when he, when he confirms all of these things, he spoke in a way that he was to give them assurance everything is okay between us. And if there's ever a place where everything ought to be okay amongst the people, it's amongst God's people. Just, and just, as, just, just to help you out, as a pastor, I have a responsibility. If there is somebody living in open sin and, and I become aware of it, it's my responsibility to go to them and confront them. But how shocked would Christians be if their pastor came to them and said, you and I need to talk about the bitter look on your face and the bitterness in your heart as you live a life of sin of unforgiveness. I'm afraid the average Christian will look at their pastor like he's got three heads. Like he's out of his mind. Pastor, I'm in church every service. But you're living in a sin of unforgiveness. Well, I've forgiven them, but they just I, I, I just don't want to cross their path. You're not speaking kindly to them. They're not restored in your mind. They're not restored in their relationship as far as you're concerned. Hey, I know what I'm preaching this morning is Bible. I know what I'm preaching this morning is not always easy. Matter of fact, there are some things for us that are harder than others, and this might be at the top of the list. I must be... I must worry about me and my character. Look at them. Getting away with that. I got to worry about me and my character. I want to point something else out that I think is very revealing. Is there would you don't have to answer this because I if we're honest the answer's all going to be the same. Would anybody in here Blame Joseph if he was bitter. It wouldn't make it right. But if there's anybody who could justify it, I could, I could probably get on board with that. God gave him a dream, and all he did was tell the dream that God gave him. That's him. And there was envy and jealousy there. Let's kill him. And instead of killing him out of convenience, they say, well, we don't get nothing if we kill him. If we sell him into slavery, we'll at least get paid for that. They didn't have a moment of graciousness to spare his life. We're going to get some money for him. Then he gets there and he serves. He's in, a, he's, he's in, he's in Potiphar's house, and his wife makes, Potiphar's wife makes advances at him, and he does the right thing. He takes a stand, he thinks of his integrity and his character and how it would be wrong against God, and in doing so, his reward for that is to be thrown into prison. Then the baker and the... I can't think of the other one now. Butler, come along. almost said butcher. I was like, that's not right. (laughs) The butler come, come along and he tells the dream to them and says, remember me when you get out. And you know what happened? He forgot. Some more time passed how dejected Joseph must have been. God brings him up out of the prison and gives him the wisdom he needs to interpret the Pharaoh, Pharaoh's dream and the wisdom to prepare so that the people don't starve. But up to that point, I think he's got a pretty compelling case to be mad and hateful and unforgiving if you remove God from the equation. But notice Joseph's reaction in verse 17. So shall ye say unto Joseph, forgive. They send the message. We, we, we know this. So shall ye say. This is the message. Look at Verse 16. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, this, is your, this was dad's last wish. So shall you say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto the evil. And now we pray thee, Forgive the trespass of thy servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. Why did he weep? Pastor, I know it's because they reopened that wound. That's why he wept. No, it is not the reason why he wept. He wept because he's, he, he looked inward and said, Is there something I have done to make you think that I haven't forgiven you? Have I lived in such a way that says that there's not restoration in a relationship? Have I I been done anything that would... What would have I done to make you think that I have not given forgiveness? And friend, you and I should take the subject of forgiveness with the same seriousness. The responsibility of forgiveness is is on the part of the offended, not the offender. I wonder, would we weep if there was somebody out there who thought that there was no way we would forgive them? Would we weep if our actions have been brought to our attention that there was a grudge? And let me just be very pointed this morning. There's some probably in here. You'll be upset that this message was even preached because pastor doesn't understand what I've been through. No, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. We got to look inwardly. We got to live in such a way and try and live with such a, a life of character and grace that when, when somebody wrongs us, they know that forgiveness is not just available, but it has been granted. God, is, of course, is the example of this. His own creation has offended him rejected him spoken evil of him and yet he still sent his son to pay the sin debt those words that Jesus proclaimed from the cross father forgive them for they know not what they do father forgive them and yet We can't forgive someone else. You don't know the scars that have been caught. I, I, I may not, and I'm not minimizing that. But I know the wounds that Jesus sowed those disciples were given to him by man. And When he said, Father, forgive them, He was speaking about the soldiers who nailed those those spikes in his hand. He was speaking about the one who put the crown of thorns on his head. He was speaking about the, the soldier who thrust the spear into his side. He was speaking of the ones who had spit on him and plucked out his beard and he was speaking of that soldier who held the, the cat of nine tails in his hand and, 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 and whipped him and beat him and those that would take their fist and, and hit him in the face and those that contributed to the fact that he did not even look like a man. He said, forgive them and forgive you and forgive me and forgive all men. No wonder Joseph would say, "Am I in the stead of God?" Have you ever thought about God's forgiveness towards you? Nobody in here deserves to be forgiven by God. So much so that we cannot even earn. We, there's nothing we can do to earn our way. There's nothing we could do to make up for what we've done to God. And God freely gives forgiveness. The blasphemy of unforgiveness. We get angry and upset and justifiably so Who do these people think they are to put themselves in the place of God? Christian, have you placed yourself in the place of God and determined that I've decided I should not grant forgiveness in this situation? I've decided that this person is not worthy of forgiveness. I've decided that this offense is one that should not be forgiven. We may have to live with the consequences, the results of the actions of others. But we do not have to live with unforgiveness in our heart. Well, I, for, I, for, I forgave yesterday, but today I forgive again today. And let me just give you a heads up. You'll need to do it again tomorrow. But how bad do you want to give it? How much do you want that victory? I would dare say, there's probably, if I if I'd preached on all those things I mentioned, all those vices today, there, there might be some who's caught up in that and, and, and would get right with God this morning, and I would say hallelujah to that, and I would rejoice in that, and I would say, thank God they've gotten victory over those sins that'll destroy and destroy their home and destroy their marriage and destroy their future and their life and the wrong that is done to other people because of that sin. But why is it when it comes to the sin worse than that, the blasphemy of unforgiveness? We, 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 want, we have nothing to do with that. We want to sweep that. We say, well, well, that shouldn't be swept. But How about the forgiveness, the unforgiveness in your heart? Who needs to get right with God today? Who needs to come and say, God, I've, I haven't looked at it like this and I've placed myself in your stead and, and while my flesh looks at the things that have been done or said to me, the offenses that have been made and the betrayal that I have experienced, I'm not going to sit in your stead and I'm going to the best of my ability, but with your help, I'm given to forgiveness. Because it's, my character. It's a life of grace in my life that I must show and I must exhibit. If you see, Pastor, once again, I'm faced with what the action of somebody else has done, the consequences. Might you find comfort in the words that I found comfort in so many times? Ye meant it unto me for evil, but God meant it for good. Not that the evil act was good. But God can take the bad of any situation and he can use it for good. He can use it to his honor. He can use it to his glory. But too many times we miss out on that because we're looking for somebody to make penance us. We're looking for something that's going to make us feel better. Friend, there's nothing more freer, no, there's more freeing than you granting forgiveness. And can I say it like this? When the other party's not worthy of it. Well, they won't even acknowledge you. when the other party's not worthy of it. Well, they don't know what they've done when the other party is not worthy of it. Because is there anything greater than God forgiving when the other party's not worthy of it? When the other party is not worthy of that forgiveness, God still forgives. Am I in the place of God I'm going to pray in just a moment, but let me say it as plain as I can. If you leave the building this morning with unforgiveness in your heart, and you leave without doing business with it, you are leaving satisfied with placing yourself on the same plane with the Almighty God. That, my friend, is a dangerous place to be. Because my God is a jealous God. My God expects his commands to be made. My God expects me to be right with him, and he'll deal with the other parties. Let's do business with God. Father, I pray that you would use the message this morning.